popping on out to the KDOS hotline for our NFL prop bet segment as we're getting ourselves ready for NFL Week 15 action. Kyle Soppy, uh, he's filling in for Brian Lewis today. Looking forward to catching up with Kyle once again. Kyle, though, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Check out all of their work. Kyle, Bob, and Kayla, thanks for the time today. Yeah, of course. It's that time of year. It's the best time of year when it comes to the football season. What's not to like? That's a very true point right there. Uh, I like to usually typically start here with the uh, the home team and the Arizona Cardinals. They're welcoming in the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers are so hard to figure out props because they can hit you with a different guy every single week. And uh, you never really know who's going to be able to be that breakout player. But I did see something today that the Cardinals defense is giving up over 84 yards per game to wide receiver one of opposing teams. So can we look there at Brandon Ayuk over 66 and a half yards and then flipping it to uh, the 49ers side of things, missing several key defensive players. How does that fit into Kyler Murray being at 210 and a half pass? passing yards yeah I think you could go either direction there the hard part with the 49ers is like you said who is their wide receiver one Debo Samuel obviously been getting a lot of work in the running game in the short passing game making plays down the field so instead of going that direction I'd be tempted to go with your Cardinals here Trey McBride you guys have a defined number one option it's not a receiver it's your young tight end I mean his total right now at 40 and 49 and a half receiving yards He's got 41 catches over his last five games. You're looking at a San Fran team that rarely blitzes. So that means Kyler Murray, to your point earlier, is going to go to his number one option, and that's been Trey McBride with a bullet here. Game script should help. I mean, they're catching 12 points here. We expect them to be throwing early and often off the bye week. So if you want to play Kyler Murray over his passing yards, I get where you're headed there, thinking that they're going to be behind. I prefer to isolate Trey McBride as his number one target in that spot. Okay, back to the 49ers' weapons. George Kittle has a history of destroying the Cardinals. However, this year in the first game, only one catch for nine yards uh, in that first meeting, as I mentioned. But uh, is right now, is it just uh, the Niners have too many other options to fire on Kittle this week? Yeah, I mean, the only rule for me when it comes to the 49ers is to realize that I know nothing. Like, I would love to tell you guys <laughs> that I have a great beat on this offense. I don't. I mean, it's. You're talking about Kittle. We saw him go over 85 yards in three straight games not too long ago. He follows it up with 19 yards against the Seahawks on that Thursday nighter. He had one yard earlier in the season against the Browns. If you're going to play him, I think you go alternate. You go alternate over some of his yardage totals and really juice it up so that if you, you want to play as if you're going to be right. If you're going to be right on Kittle going over his number, he probably doesn't just skate by it. He flies by it with a 90-plus yard game. So that's the direction I would go if I'm going that way, but my hard-earned money, I work too hard for my money to try to guess where I'm going with these 49ers. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Let's flip this to Saturday's games. Uh, the Saturday gets things started with the Vikings and the Bengals. The ground game for the Bengals here has been getting going of late. Joe Mixon, Chase, Chase Brown. The Vikings defense, though, is all about the blitz. And Browning has been torching the blitz so far in his young starts this season. So can we look at Jamar Chase to have a big day at over 65 and a half yards and flipping it back to the Vikings do we know what to expect from Nick Mullins who's getting the start I'll address the last question first and no we don't Nick Mullins has been fine for his career you're talking seven and a half yards per attempt for his career but I mean that's a limited sample size the Bengals defense is pretty vulnerable so I'm not against banking on Mullins to be able to produce in this spot but I'm not touching 
his props. As far as Jake Browning and his Bengals offense goes, <coughs> excuse me, Jamar Chase heavily featured two weeks ago, and then he just spread the ball around last week, which I think is what we could see this week. Last week they had six players on the Bengals with three to four targets. That's not really the recipe to go over, especially when you're talking about a quarterback in Browning that averages under six air yards per throw. So I think if you're going to go this direction and you want to target the Jake Browning angle, you go no interceptions. You get that basically at even money. You mentioned the heavy blitz rate of the Vikings. That means a lot of shallow passes, which is what Browning's been doing. And those rarely get intercepted unless you're watching Thursday Night Football where, you know, the Chargers are a different story. But if that's going to be the case, I'm talking no interceptions for Browning and even money is the way I'm going in the prop market with the Bengals. Cowboys and Bills, the odds makers have uh, posted a high total here. There's conflicting weather reports in Buffalo. It's changed the last couple of days from, you know, whatever. It's it's Buffalo in December. Uh, so double-check the weather on uh, Sunday morning. But how might we attack this Cowboys and Bills games in the prop market? I think there's a few ways to go about it. And the total, as it stands right now, they're posting it right now. So they're confident in the weather. I'm going under 50. I mean, you're talking to an upstate New York kid, so I've got a good feel for what it's like up there. And it is no fun when it gets cold, wind whipping around, all that good stuff. So you've got concerns there. And both these defenses kind of moving in the right direction here. I know Buffalo's got the injuries, but they've held opponents under 25 points in five of their last six games. Dallas has held their opposition under 20 in four of their last five. If neither one of these teams – I like, I graduated with a math degree here, but I don't think you need that. If neither team gets to 25, we're not getting over 50 points in this spot. So I think under 50 is a viable play. And if you want to go to the prop market, Gabe Davis, under 35 and a half receiving yards. He's tough, man. He He's tough. This could go, he could have 20 or he could have 120. So that's the concern. But Dallas, second time of possession this season could limit the possession count for the Bills. I mentioned the weather already. He's been under this number six times already this season. I think it could be seven in a tough spot against the Cowboys. One more on this game. Uh, it does seem like Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, is really wanting to feature James Cook here, even in the pass game. Uh, last I saw, his his number was 22 and a half yards. Is that worth taking a look at for James Cook? Yeah, you're reading my mail here. I'd rather go over James Cook rush, or receiving yards than touch his rushing number. You mentioned Joe Brady and the offense that's moving that direction. We got Dawson Knox back into the mix last week, which, t- which bumps a third receiver off the field. So now you're talking two receivers and two tight ends. That opens up some explosive play potential for Cook. He was running real routes. We're not just talking those little dump-off screens. He's out in the formation running routes. That's a good spot to be, especially for a quarterback in Josh Allen. But they're trying to hone in a little bit. He's going to take his chances. He's going to put the ball in danger. But those safe passes to James Cook are gold. I like where you're headed here with James Cook over receiving yards. Matthew Stafford has been really good the last three weeks. This week he gets to go against the awful uh, Washington secondary my concern is that the uh, he's been so good that the market value might be gone. Is there any remaining value with Stafford over props? I think the value you're kind of going with Stafford is in the DFS market, to be completely honest with you. But if we're going in the props market, you, you touched on, and I think you handicapped it well, that it's kind of been flushed out a little bit. We're talking 10 touchdown passes over his last three games. That's the most he's had in a three-game stretch. Since 2011, I mean, that was a long time ago here. Stafford playing at an elite level, nothing wrong with doing that. But, yes, it's baked in now. I'm not comfortable touching Stafford props this week, not in the over market at least. 
Kyle Sapi, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Back to Saturday's games with the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, it does seem like the line here is adjusted with Zach Moss at 73 and a half yards. I know there have been some issues at times with this Steelers and their run defense, but with the way that Moss has been playing the last couple of games, is 73 and a half yards too much? See, I'm going to trust the process here. Zach Moss is playing a ton in, in the prop market, in the betting industry. All you can ask is for a guy to be on the field and let the chips fall where they may. 92% of the snaps over the last two weeks, and he's had 91% of the running back carries for the Colts in those two games. So while the production hasn't really been there, the role very much has. He's filling that Jonathan Taylor role. So I'm going over his number, 73.5. Some markets have it a little bit lower. Pitt. Pittsburgh's been average against the run this season, top 10 in rush rate over expectation when it comes to their opponents. So I think you see another 17 to 20 carries. I'm going to trust the process and say he gets to at least 75 rushing yards this week. The Dolphins passing game against the Jets defense. Uh, Obviously, offensive line injuries for Miami. Tyreek Hill status is up in the air. So uh, anything under in the uh, Miami passing game catch your attention? Not really, not right now. We've still got some injuries to deal through here. It sounds like Tyreek's going to play, but you want to monitor that. I mean, two would look like a different quarterback when Tyreek Hill was off the field last week. The offensive line concerns, you've got the center banged up. There's a lot of question marks right now to attack this Dolphins offense. I'd rather go the Jets side. They're a little healthier. We know what's coming as far as they are. And if you're going to bet on the Dolphins being healthy, that means the Jets are playing from behind. So I've got Brees Hall. Over 28.5 receiving yards this week. He's got 26 targets over the past three weeks. The script should help him out. If my if you want to gamble on Miami being healthy, again, that means the Jets are playing from behind, which means Hall's more viable as a receiver than a runner. I'm going to go Hall over 28.5 receiving yards in this spot. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Joe Flacco, he's been a touchdown scoring machine of uh, since he's come back off the couch, is David Njoku, who was a big-time target last week, someone part of this game plan moving forward, 41.5 yards receiving. And then for the Bears here, Justin Fields has been playing a little bit better, but now facing this Browns defense at home. Uh, What do we do passing yards and rushing yards for Fields? Yeah, when it comes to Njoku, like the volume's just been there. Ever since Deshaun Watson got injured, you're looking at almost a 30% target share, which is kind of off the charts for a tight end. I understand the backup quarterback, the equity of those throws is a little bit limited, but I don't mind going to his overs. I think that's a real thing we got going on here. Elijah Moore, obviously an option, Amari Cooper, but he prefers to go Njoku. We've seen this ever since Watson got hurt. So your Njoku angle, I think, holds some water here. As far as Justin Fields goes, I'm going to go under on his rushing yards right now. It's posted at 58 and a half across most of the industry. He's averaging 38 rush yards per game this season when he's not facing a top 10 blitz team or playing indoors. He's not doing either one of those things against this elite Browns front. He could get loose. He could run into some sacks. And obviously, when you're betting against Fields, you hate to see these big plays that he's capable of ripping off. I don't think he gets it done against the Browns in what I think could be an ugly, low-possession kind of game. DeAndre Hopkins, three touchdowns in his last four games. Seems like he has a good connection with Will Levis. Also, when Hopkins was with the Cardinals, he wanted to destroy his former team, the Texans. So any interest in uh, Hopkins over props or maybe uh, anytime touchdown this week against Houston? I don't mind the anytime touchdown. You're talking about a Texans defense that's second-best yards per carry against the run. So they're going to have to open it up. 
no matter what you say. I understand they have Derrick Henry. They've got Will Levis. They don't really want to open up the offense too much, but Hopkins obviously trending in the right direction. We've seen him make some of these big plays over the stretch here ever since Will Levis took over. I don't mind the angle. I'm generally not going there here, but I do think the Titans cover the three points here. It doesn't seem like C.J. Stroud's going to play Tennessee at top 10 or the top red zone defense in the league. They looked good last week. I think they cover again this week. You have this connection building between Lamar Jackson and OBJ. You also have the Jaguars really struggling against uh, tight ends in the emergence of Isaiah, likely with Mark Andrews being out. So is there a particular direction we should go with the Ravens facing the Jags on Sunday night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a direction to go. Everything over when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I've got him over passing yards, over touchdowns, and over completions. You put all three of those together with a Ravens win, you would think if he hits all three of those, the Ravens are sitting pretty here. Plus 625 if you string those four bets together. Obviously, you need a lot to go right in that spot. But, yeah, I mean, he's showing the connection. Isaiah likely is the real deal at tight end, an athlete in space. Odell Beckham seems to have found the fountain of youth to at least some degree. Zay Flowers looking better here. And Todd Munkin. We've seen his offense when he was at Georgia. The pass game really thrived late in the season. Lamar Jackson, 43 pass attempts, a season high last week. If that continues, could see a lot of Lamar, could see his MVP ticket price improve in a significant way and cash a nice little SGP for us this week. Okay, last up for me, the Falcons' passing game has been awful, especially on the road, but the Panthers can't stop the run. Uh, so Desmond Ritter, I don't think he's going to have to throw very often. Arthur Smith wants to run. So maybe some under props involving the Falcons pass game. Is that something? Am I crazy there? No, I think you're on a right track there. The Falcons very rarely are going to be playing in a positive game script where they it justifies them to sit on the ball. Arthur Smith loves doing that. Even if they're behind 20, he's happy to sit on the ball. That shouldn't be the <laughs> case against the Panthers this week. So I'm fine with anything Falcon under-related. If you want to go that direction, be it Ritter, be it London, be it Pitts, anything like that, no issues there. I've got the Panthers under 15 and a half points in this game, so that would kind of fuel the game script that it would require for the Falcon under in a passing game to come through. Kyle, before we let you go here, is there anything we haven't touched on touched on that you would like to note? Uh, anytime touchdown, scorer, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards? I mean, we could go any direction here, but I, I think an interesting angle – to go when it comes to kind of the prop market and trying to get plus money and see what you can do here. I'm looking at this Commanders-Rams game, and if you bet either team to score on their first drive, you're going to profit as long as one does it. There's a chance both do it, but the Commanders right now going off the plus 170 to get an offensive score on their first possession. The Rams are plus 125. So if you get one of those, you've got a nice little 25% profit. You get both of them. We're cooking. Your Sunday's looking good. That's where I'm targeting and it's kind of a unique way to get into the prop market this week. Appreciate it, Kyle. Happy holidays to you, and we look forward to catching up with you uh, down the road. Thanks. Can't wait. Let's have a big week 15. Absolutely. Once again, he is Kyle Soppy. Follow all of their work over at uh, pfnbetting.com. He's with Pro Football Network.